0: You are listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Is there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news.
1: I got a bad case loving you. Doctor.
0: doctor, 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 and doctor.
1: It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Doctor Rashid Batar.
0: I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. <laughs>
1: The doctor is in. Dr. Rashi Batar, I tell you, all the attacks you've taken over the years now, ratcheting up to many other people, the documentary film Trace Amounts we just had Eric Layden on, and the attacks on RFK Jr., the attacks on Jim Carrey, all of the attacks now making it almost common knowledge. I say almost, that mercury, not good for you even maybe especially in vaccines.
0: Yep, it's pretty obvious. And now I guess when people start attacking, then I guess they're justifying. If, if there was nothing, if there was no validity to it, nobody would attack, be attacking anybody. But obviously now it's getting a lot more attention. So, yeah, that is interesting.
1: They're greatly in, in, in desperate straits here when they have to attack Jim Carrey, who just said, hey, uh, Mercury and vaccines, look into this. Check out this movie. Talking all about it. And, of course, you've been bringing this up for so many years for all the reasons we've discussed. And I find it very interesting because we're living through this consciousness shift in real time, right before our eyes. We're seeing the resistance. We're seeing the dying, you know, animal that that just lashes out violently, indiscriminately. And it's not going to help that animal, in this case, survive which is that that animal in this case are the people that perceive that, that vaccines are absolutely safe, even if they have mercury in them, and how dare people bring that up. Uh, but at this point, we're actually witnessing, again, in real time, greater accelerations of this change or shift.
0: Yeah, and I think that, as we've discussed previously on the show many times, Robert, that that acceleration is accelerating, or that, that rate of... Uh, of acceleration seems to be becoming more and more obvious and more people seem to be gravitating towards, even if they're not on one side or the other, they're gravitating more to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And 10 years ago, you'd never hear about it. But now with, with vaccines 15 years ago, you wouldn't really hear about that. It was only in small circles, people would talk about it. But now it's open discussion. You can be standing in line at the grocery food store and you can hear the people in front of you in line talking about this topic so it's um, becoming more and more prevalent
1: listen to this headline just to show you the desperation that is showing from a website you did it jim carrey u.s confirms first death due to measles in 12 years like jim carrey the, the movie star comedian for asking questions about mercury and vaccines he has now caused somebody to die from measles
0: well here's the thing though that particular case it has been confirmed that that child had been vaccinated Oops. You know that, right?
1: Yes, I know. They were already vaccinated. They were on immune-suppressing drugs, which means that, honestly, modern medicine killed that person, whether measles was involved or not.
0: Absolutely, without a doubt.
1: But, I mean, now to claim, I mean, you talk about a deflection, you talk about a delusion. I know. Let's blame Jim Carrey because he questioned safety of vaccines. And Paul Offit, your favorite guy, Dr. Batar, said that...
0: I I don't even think about the guys. It couldn't be my favorite guy. right? I know.
1: I know. Absolutely ridiculous statement. But (laughs) he actually said you cannot be pro vaccine and against mercury at the same time. You're like, this guy is a piece of work.
0: Wow. Wow. I I didn't know that somebody somebody would be that stupid to make that kind of (laughs) statement.
1: Well, they're desperate. As I said, their desperation is showing. Now, uh, this measles case, I want to reiterate, just like you said, this person had been vaccinated for the measles, Uh, was not acquired from Jim Carrey or anything Jim Carrey said. Uh, In fact, was on immunosuppressive drugs and had a pneumonia that they're now saying in postmortem was caused by measles. But that again, that's uh, really a stretch. It's not absolutely definitive but let that set aside for a moment when you're on an immunosuppressive drug there is there are no amount of people that are vaccinated that are going to protect you and recognizing too that if you go to a health department where children are being vaccinated with the MMR shot right on the insert correct me if I'm wrong if you remember this Dr. battar but they acknowledge the shedding of these viral particles in those recently vaccinated
0: absolutely absolutely without a doubt and this is one of the things that people don't recognize the, the significance of this viral shedding phenomena. So when somebody gets vaccinated and if it's an attenuated virus, I mean, theoretically it's supposed to be a killed virus and nothing's alive, but that's just not the case. I think we talked about uh, the Parvo case in some of the dogs a couple of years ago on the show. Remember Robert yes. talked about that. And um, so if it's an attenuated virus and a person gets, uh, gets this, vaccination with attenuated virus, they can shed that virus, and they usually do shed that virus. And in fact, what's what's most interesting is that when you start looking at these cases, and I think probably about three months ago we covered this one, we started looking at these cases, some of the doctors started testing those measles cases, including the one at Disney World. Uh, there were some European doctors, if I recall correctly. And when they started looking at the strains of within the measles. It wasn't the wild type that you would expect. It was actually the only way to get that particular type of measles strain was from the vaccination because that was a synthetically created or, or manipulated strain. I can't remember what it was Well,
1: called. yeah, and they can differentiate between the wild type and those that they utilize in the vaccine. So indeed, that was a little bit of a controversy. They tried to quiet down. Uh, and Exactly. Uh,
0: and it was, it was all attributed to an uh, iatrogenic issue. It was not A person just getting measles, and it's all because of the vaccination schedule. It's all because of the immunosuppressive nature of our society in general, our Western society, with a lot of the drugs and a lot of the other things that are being given to people. They are their immune systems are suppressed, and then you, on top of that, immune suppressed, uh, uh, immunosuppressed situation. Then you give an attenuated virus, and then further, as if to add insult to injury, the additives and preservatives within the vaccine itself are further immunosuppressive. So now if you really want that vaccine to elicit some type of an immune response, then why would you give it to a person that's already immunocompromised, that's already got a suppressed immune system, along with further immunosuppressive agents along in the vaccine, and then usually at a time when the child is most susceptible because the immune system hasn't even developed yet. It, it, It just defies every aspect of logic that there is.
1: Yeah, it is quite incredible to consider what's happening here. But it, suffice it to say, their desperation is showing. More people are learning of this. And it's not that they're going to go away and go away quietly. But, you know, it's becoming so absurd that the people who hadn't seen it before are beginning to see it in, in, in greater numbers all of the time. And remember, the vaccine schedule, I think it's about as intense as any on the planet here in the United States. Also, we have higher infant mortality rates than other countries. You would be embarrassed if you knew the rates uh, compared to those countries that have much, much lighter vaccine schedules.
0: Yeah, and the lighter vaccine schedule, you know, let's define that that term lighter. Um, Does that mean less vaccines? Does that mean less Frequent vaccines meaning that there's more space in between the vaccines, so what would normally be done in the first three months here in the U.S. may take a year there, or does it mean actually light meaning that we don't do it exactly on the first or second day of the plant, of the child on the planet, but rather wait six months before we start giving it. And all those three things, all those three components, I would define as lighter schedules because they will, when you compare the incidence of these and not just autism, but the the entire spectrum, you know, whether it's pervasive developmental delay, whether it's um, some of these new diagnoses that I've been getting with patients, you know, learning disabilities. um, I I can't even imagine, Robert, there's like 20 different diagnoses now that they all come down to the same type of thing, but they come up Mm -hmm. with new terminologies, you know, the mitochondrial dysfunction component, for example. Um, Regardless of what you want to call it, you would see a lower incidence in these people it would, that have the lighter schedule in the, uh, in the countries that have a lighter schedule, as opposed to in our country, we have the most aggressive schedule. We give right. them sooner, we give them more frequently, we give them um, higher volumes, etc., cetera, etc.
1: Cetera. I think the only one comparable or comparable is uh, South Korea, which has adopted a lot of our Western medicine, uh, and there are a lot of historical reasons as to that. And their autism rates are as higher, higher in some cases, but. Uh, the infant mortality is an issue now dying this is the point of that article a person died that's what they're claiming of measles whether it's accurate or not people die and they die of disease all the time this is not to say we ignore it we don't in fact we look at ways to to prevent that by enhancing immunity and we recognize that although we don't stand in opposition to the development of antibodies we recognize that the immune system is much more complex than just antibodies and if you disable all of the other aspects of the immune system just to facilitate an antibody's production, the end result could be death, in fact, even more likely than not having the antibody but having an intact immune system.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's another interesting concept, Robert. Um, you know, I think that when we start sitting down and we start looking at all these aspects, all these unique aspects with vaccinations, you know, and the point that you bring up is valid, but there's a, it's almost like a sensory overload right now because my brain's going to all these different other components <laughs> with vaccination. Yes. And, you know, the weird thing is it causes a sympathetic mimetic response in me. It, it's almost like, um, you know, that flight-fight response. It, it's not yes. the flight, it's the fight response. It's just Right, right. I don't know why it elicits that visceral... It's almost like you can't control it, it you know, when you, you nauseate it or... Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how to express it, but it, it just... Create such an angle because here's the thing: we're not talking about uh, voting Democrat or Republican. We're not talking about what's black or white. We're not talking about what's legal or not legal. We're not talking about econ- economics or you know investments. We're talking about lives, and we're talking about lives of our future generations. We're talking about children that are literally being maimed. We talk about all these things in Auschwitz and in you know in Germany. Mm -hmm. during World War II and all the atrocities that the Germans committed. And yet, those atrocities are nothing compared to what we're doing every day here in our own country and all over the world with children. This is just nothing more than a bad experiment gone wrong. And as Boyd Haley said over 10 years ago, you know, it's not that they're doing this on purpose. They just can't admit anymore that they screwed up, that they fell asleep at the wheel. And now it's too far gone. They can't admit it because it would cause another civil war.
1: Hmm. We are on that precipice on so many levels. You mentioned all the other areas that you weren't talking about. But this one alone, when people wake up to see what they've done to the children, to your children, perhaps, uh, you begin to say, fight or flight, I think I want to fight. And is that what's happening here? Is that why they're taking out doctors now? We've got some strange disappearances and deaths from doctors that were considered holistic integrative alternative however they're determining it also we've got some interesting questions today. one from the united kingdom we'll get to as well it's advanced medicine remember you can always go to medicalrewind.com for easy access for the hundreds of hours with dr rasha bittar of course archives here at natural news radio and gcn as well stick with us dr bittar back after this great
0: heavens what kind of radio show is this the robert scott bell show operations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Roberts.
1: All right, It's sort of a follow-up question of the day. It's things we've covered a lot. It's hard to ask a new question, and we challenge you all to do so. We're, we're happy to hear from you. This is from Lynette in Canada, and I thought we might have answered this a while back. Maybe she missed the show. Uh, but she talked about her son, who was partially vaccinated, slight neurological evidence of injury, but not to the point where a full debilitation is going on. And, you know, it's kind of like that question, well, what do I do? What do I do? And it's like if you listen to our show each week or even six days a week, you already know what to do. But there's, we were talking on the break, Dr. Batar, and you mentioned the word fear, and this always comes up.
0: Yeah. I don't even know that really I really want to even talk about, you know, with this question, But but bottom mm-hmm. line is a poison is a poison as a poison. And if your child has had a poison... Uh, the question is not how much damage has it done. The question is how much work you need to do to get your child better. Mm-hmm. And and I think that looking at it from a perspective of how much damage is done before I do something is a wrong way of looking at it. it. It needs to be done. Oh, my God, there has been damage done or potential damage. or There could be even a higher risk that damage could be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you need to be in the mode of proactive rather than reactive. In other words what I'm trying to say is that and maybe I'm not doing a very good job of it. The way that question was stated Robert at least I don't know maybe the viewers or the listeners Well can, they can
1: see it in the show notes it's written out in detail there. That's go to robertchabella.com right. and read it but yes, go ahead.
0: It's it's a it's a question that's asked in a reactive mode as if if there's damage then you know what should I kind of type of scenario as opposed to proactive which is regardless of whether there's any damage or no damage being evident, the issue is the poison has already been introduced in the body. And right. for, for the listeners, I think it's very, very crucial that you understand that the entire world's population to some level has been exposed, and we all have these issues. We all have metals. We all are toxic. The difference is that the vast majority of the pathways in a person that doesn't show any neurological deficits when they're growing up, the vast number of those pathways are intact to eliminate the toxicity. And those where the vast number of pathways are not intact or have been compromised, there you will start seeing the learning disabilities. So ADD, ADHD, pervasive developmental delay, autism spectrum disorder, autism, Asperger's, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. They're all the same issue. It's different levels of accumulation. It's different levels of ability of the body to get rid of it. You know, what uh, is this always just mercury? Well, yes, mercury is always there, but you have to start looking at the speciation of the mercury. Is it inorganic? Is it organic? If it is organic, what type? Is it methyl, ethyl, phenyl? Uh, what, time of the, uh, life span, what time of the child's developmental cycle were they exposed to this? Was it after the child was born? Well, How much amalgam did the mother have? How much outgassing from the mother's own maternal amalgam load did the fetus get exposed to? You start getting to all these different aspects. Then after the child was born, and gotten the vaccines. Uh, environmental issues: combustion of fossil fuels is one of the most significant ways of getting exposure to mercury. And it's is mercury the only thing? Yes, mercury is the only thing that causes the denudation of the neurofibrils, But there are certainly other metals that help to contribute and increase the burden. And then not just the uh, the metals, but then you got the chemicals, the persistent organic pollutants. So the list goes on and on and on. So now you kind of get. I know yes. you already know why I get agitated when the no, and, and,
1: and I want to say this to Lynette: if you have not already read. The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, the International Best-Selling Book by Dr. Rasha Bitar, again, you wouldn't necessarily be asking this question. And, and you know, maybe people just take, take it for granted. They can hear us each week. But I'm telling you, that book is a resource guide for hundreds of thousands of people around the world, maybe millions one day. I, I perceive it's going to be the case. And well, it, I, be, Go ahead.
0: I appreciate you saying that, Robert. But, you know, the thing is that if you look at the basic components. That that book actually was written as a primer for everybody, not just yes. for people, just for children with autism or cancer. It was actually written, I, I think I only mentioned autism very briefly in the book. I don't really talk too much about pathology. I talk about case studies in, in there. I give certain live cases that, that right. taught me certain crucial fundamental concepts. But the point is that it's, it's how it's how you and I live, okay? You went through a process when you were younger and you ended up having a health challenge from which you learned, and now you make sure that not only you, but your children and your family do not partake in the same mistakes that you experienced, you know, firsthand, the, 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 the fallout from. And it's the same thing with me, and I see it on a recurrent basis in my practice so those principles become more self-evident. And I want people to just remember that you need to... Look at this from a proactive rather than a reactive standpoint.
1: Yep, that's the point. That's why we do advanced medicine each and every week here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Check it out, robertscottbell.com, also medicalrewind.com. There's a big banner link you can click on to learn more about Dr. Batar and the nine steps to keep the doctor away. We've got another great question from Derek coming up in the U.K. after this. Stick with us.
0: Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things?
1: It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert will be right back.
0: Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's
1: Robert. And Dr. Bittar. shout out to our friends in the United Kingdom, listening on UK Health Radio each and every week, or six days a week at least. I know that's not too much to ask, is it? Maybe it is. I don't know. But uh, we're here for you, bringing the power to heal back where it belongs. And, Dr. Bittar, we've got a question coming all the way from the U.K. I wish we had a a British accent when it comes to this, uh, this, uh, what do we call this, intro music. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. All right. The Brits ask good questions, I think. And this one's coming from Derek in the U.K., He says, hi, Robert, and Dr. Batar here. We have recently had new neighbors move in opposite us, a really nice Asian family. They have a 16-year-old daughter with anorexia, which is causing the whole family a lot of problems. She has been put on an SSRI sertraline, which causes more problems, especially if she misses a couple of doses. What would you advise to try to overcome the anorexia and get off the SSRI? And I know, Dr. Batar, we addressed this off the air, but I think your answer is a good one, so it's worth mentioning
0: psychological type issues, and and I think that probably, you know, just having a positive intention, but really mm-hmm. letting the family deal with whatever issues they got to deal with, because they, they, there's a lot of other things that, are, that go on with this, so that's just my personal opinion. I, you know, we've talked about this before, Robert, you, you have so many people that increase their own blood pressure, put more stress on themselves because they're worried about their neighbor, their best friend, their... Uh, you know, parents, or this, or that, and, and they can't convince them to do something. And um, to me, it's you have to let people, you have to give them the autonomy in order mm-hmm. for them to pursue the course that's best for them.
1: Right. You, you know, you want to be there for them if they reach out and you're able to help them, but it is a complex situation. Uh, I, I've lived very closely with uh, anorexia and bulimia. I know what this is all about in, in a deep way, uh, having family members in that. Uh, so this is not something to mess around with from even, you know, in a friendly way to say, Hey, I, I'll support you if I can help anyway, fine. But it's almost like you got to mind your own business a bit on this and just support from yeah. a distance prayer, whatever it is, yeah. uh, because it is complicated, but he's got a second phase of this. Uh, Derek does. And again, I, I know he's a nice guy. He really wants to help. Uh, but he says he has, also, I have had allergic asthma for the past 65 years and have had to take steroids and, and reliever inhalers all through the summertime. I had black seed oil information appear on my Facebook page, which stated it was the cure for everything but death. (laughs) Intrigued, uh, he said he did further research online and found a YouTube video of a woman who had used it and her asthma symptoms disappeared. So I tried it. And he says, this is the first summer I have not had to use any inhalers. This is truly remarkable. Have you heard of this? Uh, So, uh, Derek, uh, Dr. Bittar, have you heard about this black seed oil a little bit?
0: Yep, it's uh, black cumin. Uh, seed oil and it is um, believe it or not I've I've been uh, well, I I won't get into the details but yes, it's very good it has been used for over 4,000 years in parts of Asia and the Middle East it has uh, been talked about extensively in the Muslim tradition of healing as well as in the uh, Indian Ayurvedic tradition of healing uh, extensively documented and it uh, has a lot of very interesting properties to it. Um, interestingly enough, it is not, the seed is not allowed to be brought into the United States. I have no idea why, but probably like the apricot, you know, vitamin mm. B, 17, amygdala, laetrile type right. story. So,
1: Too 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 much, too good, too powerful, and it will take the power away from those who want to control you, medically or otherwise. So we'll talk more about that at a future show. But, Derek, always good to hear from you in the U.K., our friends in, in Great Britain uh, we love you. We're, we're, we're speaking out for you as well and your health freedom. Uh, now, speaking out of health freedom, uh, three doctors died suspiciously. We talked briefly about uh, one of them uh, I think a week or so ago, and uh, evidently two others have, have died suspiciously. Now two more doctors go missing. We've talked about the path that you and I are on, both individually and together. You know, it's a spiritual journey, too. In fact, that's the cornerstone of everything we do. Uh, but the idea is our our The thought, perhaps, is, are they trying to shut these doctors up? Are they actually that much of a threat to the status quo that they're willing to take them out?
0: Well, I don't think, I think that, if anything, Robert, I think they're trying to send a message, but, you know, I've had, I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten from, uh, you know, people this, I, actually it's not that many but it's, it's enough that I it, it amuses me and some some very well-known you know people that this this concern and uh, I I don't know it just it makes me laugh because I guess uh you know I, I don't know what to say except for you know the one thing that the opposition would know and to our friends of the FDA and everybody else you know the one thing that I think anybody would know if they were going to come to me they may take me out I'm sure they have power to do it but they would be, they would be remnants left. There would be certain people that would be going with me to the to the next
1: uh, Yeah, next say, world. In other so, words, You're not going I, down without a fight.
0: Well, I mean, it's it, you know when you've actually been in a situation where you've taken life fire, this type of substance is it's silly. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know that there've been soldiers that have been in Afghanistan or in Iran or uh, uh, I'm sorry, Iraq or wherever, and they they've done two, three, four tours. And they come back here and then they're shot in the streets of, uh, you know, in in their own downtown in Los Los Angeles. There was a story about a guy that did four tours and, uh, then comes home and gets shot. So, you know, life takes on a different perspective, I guess. And, you know, are you going to live your life in fear of somebody going to do something to you because of the message that you're putting out there for humanity? I mean, I sure am not. So, Hmm. um, and I, I don't think you are either. So, you know, it is what it is. And, um. Yeah, anybody, if anybody's really curious to, to want to talk to me or the ones to come visit me, I'm not going to give out my address because not because I'm worried about that. I'm more worried that, you know, people will be coming by to ask questions, but call my office and just tell them who you are and, and uh, I'll be happy to give you my address to come visit. Me.
1: Well, exactly. We can't live our life. And, you know, that, that, you know, the fear that is out there, this is how they play the game. If they can ratchet up or if they can take advantage of, of tragedies. I don't know what happened in those situations. I don't know specific. We can speculate, but that would, all, that would be all it would be. I don't have any inside information on that. But certainly uh, there are uh, you know, reasons larger than us. That these events happen, and ultimately, you know, an individual path a person is on, whether it be for good or for evil, will take them down certain roads. And uh, whether someone gets martyred for it, or whether uh, uh, it's done as a message to others, I don't know. But there's nothing different in terms of history. If you learn from history, this has been going on since time immemorial, since we've recorded history.
0: Yeah, it's it's the modus operandi of the ones that have the power and that want to maintain their power, and when. It's actually evidence of uh, the end of the death struggle is what
1: it is. Yeah. Yeah, if indeed you know that I mean? they are resorting to this level of violence to take out alternative or natural or integrative, however you want to determine doctors or healers, uh, then it's it's only it's more overtly showing their desperation, their fear that they are losing control. And in evidence, in, in fact, in actuality, they have lost control that they would resort to this. Yeah,
0: and again, Robert, you know, I'm not privy to all the details uh, as i I know that you're not either but there's there's always something fishy when it's three or four or five people i think there's a couple that are missing now and you know the, the point is this that if you there's a difference between believing and knowing i actually read this recently in a really well done article and uh it was from a dr robert anthony and he's a positive mental attitude type, uh, you know, intention, secret, that type of thing. Uh, he has some forces on it. But it was a it was an article that he put out that I read, and he was talking about the three keys, three, three keys to success. And one of those, the first one was the difference between believing and knowing. And I think this is a very, very crucial point, and I've talked to my kids actually about this. If you believe something, you are firmly confident that this is the way it's going to be, etc., etc. But knowing has nothing to do with confidence. You know it's, it's what it is. There's is no other one. The, the grass is green. No matter what somebody says, it's blue, it's purple, it's red. It doesn't matter. You know it's green. It's not that you believe that it's green. You know that it's green. And so I think when we are in that point in our lives that we know something, it's not that we believe it. It's not that we have an opinion on it. It's we know it. And when you know something, it's not going to change your course of action it, it makes absolutely no difference in me in my in my uh, world whether one or fifty doctors are taken out or you know they come after me like they they have numerous times or whatever it doesn't matter i'm not going to shut up because i got what i the deal that i made i already got paid okay the deal that i made was give me back my son and i'll never stop my son came back and he was given back to me in a, in a much more powerful and stronger way than i could have ever imagined so I'm not going to give up. I'm, you know, the way I look at it, no matter what I do, in the next five lifetimes, I will do the same
1: thing. Yeah. Well, when the Blues Brothers said well, we're on a mission from God, <laughs> we're not kidding. Uh, and uh, you know, as I said, you made a commitment uh, when you got your son back, and that's you know the way you live your life. It's not to compromise those principles and there are many more of us out there than ever before and the strengthening that is happening even all of these attacks if that indeed they are that to dissuade us those who are uh, committed because they know not just believe it's not going to dissuade them. Uh, In fact, you know, one thing we know is that mammograms cause cancer (laughs) and a new study. Is uh, basically questioning it again to say maybe they can find little tumors, but the tumors might not even be dangerous or deadly. What's the point? Yeah, a lot
0: of times, a lot of times it's just calcification aspect. You have you're exactly right.
1: Yeah, they find little lumps and things that are just basically benign and would never harm you. They could be indicating some other things, uh, aberrant metabolism or toxin accumulation, but the whole detection technology of ionizing radiation actually causes the very thing that they want to find or claim they don't want to find when there are other methods like thermography and self-examination and of course doing the things you learn about the nine steps to keep the doctor away to undo the damage should it already have occurred or prevent it from happening Uh, these are the kind of things we do
0: the thermography is a great option but even just a self-exam that was Mm already done in the big Chinese study with over 19,000 women that saw the mortality rate did not decrease with Um, Mammography. In fact, if anything, I think they skewed that data to show that it didn't. But I'm sure the mammography increases mortality. But self-referentians were very effective.
1: Yeah, exactly. So keep it up, ladies and men too. Uh, Mammograms. We just covered that. Now, what about statin drugs? And their impact on the ladies. We'll talk about that when we wrap up Advanced Medicine here with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Remember, archives available all over the web, including MedicalRewind.com. We'll be right back.
0: Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell information is so good it requires no expiration date the robert scott bell show
1: all right thanks again to eric glade from trace amounts the extraordinary documentary on mercury and vaccines that's creating a ruckus out there for the uh uh, i guess the pro-mercury vaccine forces they're they're struggling with it we got dr batar here wrapping up advanced medicine and we are just talking about the mammogram issue. We don't want to uh, leave it too quickly to let people know the perspective. And, and you, of course, you've dealt with a lot of these issues in in, uh, in women patients in your practice.
0: Yeah, and, Robert, we don't want to minimize it because, you know, obviously if the person does have some kind of a lump, it needs to be checked out. Uh, but, but the point that I think we were making with the mammograms was that there are better ways of checking it out than by compressing and traumatizing and creating more inflammation in the breast. And then... In, as if that's not enough, then putting radiation, you know, getting, getting exposure from radiation to it. So uh, the self-exams are the right way to go. But if there is a concern, obviously you need to see a doctor. Uh, but I have found a number of times, this has happened probably a half a dozen times in my practice over the last 18 years, where somebody, with the existing patient, developed some type of uh, lump on their breast. They were concerned. And uh, I told them, let's just watch it for the next two or three months and see what happens because these patients were all just starting their process. And a lot of times, uh, in fact, all six of the cases that I'm thinking of, um, every one of them within three to four months disappeared on their own. And, of course, we know that these lumps are calcifications. Uh, calcium in the wrong areas of the body is pathogenic, and there is an association between calcium deposition and cancer. Yes, that's true. But uh, these lumps all disintegrated and disappeared on their own while we were doing the process. Chelation, removing the uh, various metals and and improving blood flow. So the chelation process itself, which is pulling out not only um, the heavy metals, but it causes also a uh, rebalancing of all the different minerals in the body. So it takes calcium out of the places where it's not supposed to be, puts it back in the places it's supposed to be. And these fibrotic areas of the breast or whatever it was you know, disappeared on its own within three four months. In fact, none of them last more than four months. So, and two of them disappeared within about the first two months. So, again, there are things that can be done, but don't take it lightly. There is something that's abnormal in your breast, and, and something that, if it changes with your cycle, then it's probably nothing to worry about. But if it doesn't, you know, you do need to have it checked out. I don't want anybody to come back, you know, five years from now and say, "Oh, I heard you guys talk about it the radio." Blah blah blah. So. <laughs> Definitely. No, no, no.
1: Take take it seriously, but also take seriously yeah. the risk of utilizing ionizing radiation to detect the very thing that they are trying to ultimately treat, which exactly. may kill you as likely as the exactly. breast tissue, yeah, going awry. Exactly. And you, you mentioned yeah, calcification. That's exactly the key. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned calcification, Doctor Bittar, uh, also of the arteries. They 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 go into this and they say it's cholesterol. We know that's that's been a lie since the beginning. Uh, Yet they they continue to put uh, statin drugs uh, in the water if they could, but certainly uh, anybody over 40, they they start saying, oh, now's the time. And ladies, this this isn't bad enough that, you know, it can create uh, early dementia and muscle wasting, different things that it can do. Now they're saying postmenopausal women who take statins to manage their cholesterol are more likely to experience an increase in aggression, aggression over time than those who don't take statins.
0: That's not surprising because you are, first of all, trying to stop the most important component in the body when it comes to cellular membrane integrity and uh, the sex hormones, which is cholesterol. Everything starts from cholesterol. The sex hormones all come from cholesterol. So you're stopping that. You're reducing that. You're throwing up the entire physiological balance of the system. Now the women are going through this menopause. They're already on these... On, on, a, on a drug that's already throwing off their entire physiology. So the sex hormones that are there to balance themselves out, if the body has the negative inhibitory feedback mechanisms in place, but we're giving statin drugs so we prevent the sex hormones from balancing themselves out because we're preventing the very molecule that everything starts from. And then you throw everything into a frenzy, and now women, you know, we, we already know that some of these women that have these issues, women have more predisposition to anxiety, to depression, to the you know the libido issue, because of, again, the, the statin drugs. And then we, we're also all throughout their history, they've been on these hormones to prevent them from having pregnancy. So my point is that for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they've been on these whacked out, balancing or uh, lack of balancing the hormones. Mm-hmm. And then when it finally culminates into aggression or, or frustration, and then we
1: surprise it. Not Not surprising. Yeah, not surprising at all. What is surprising is that we've come to the end of our show, which always goes quickly when we have Dr. Bittar with us. Keep keep tuning in. If you're new to it, go to medicalrewind.com, easiest way to hear more of Dr. Bittar, or Natural News Radio and the Archives there at GCN. Dr. Bittar, thank you, my friend. Thanks, Derek Layden. Remember, y'all, the power to heal, it's still yours.
0: The Robert Scott Robert Scott Bell Show.